Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We're a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Hey everybody, Jessica here. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm so excited to have Robin Singh with us this week. And we're just going to go ahead and skip the listener question because I want to dive in with Robin and give as much time to him as possible. Robin Singh, if you don't know, is the co-founder of People Farm. That's P-E-E-P-A-L, like people kapid, not people like person. Not only do they talk and promote welfare for animals, compassion, um, and also discuss the agricultural footprint of farming in India, but also they're focusing on changing behavior of humans. Robin started his career as a hacker in 1998 and then founded eJunkie in 2003. After successfully exiting in 2011 and doing a couple years of soul searching, Robin started working to help animals in February 2013 in Oroville, India. That eventually led to him starting People Farm, a place for animals to heal and to be heard, in December 2014, along with two other co-founders. He's been building it, running it, and living there ever since. One of the things that you're going to hear in our conversation is the difference between what Robin and his team are doing and how countercultural it is to the growing consumeristic lifestyle in India, which is, <laughs> is only probably going to continue as we continue to grow to be the most populated country in the world by 2050. Robin is just a gem of a guy. So enjoy our conversation. Also check out their videos and other images on their social media. It's just such a heartwarming initiative. And be sure to check out another segment that Robin and I did together about vegetarianism and veganism in India, growing in compassion, a little bit about Indian culture, how he sees what they're doing on the farm growing into a much larger movement around India. Hop over to our Invisible India podcast YouTube channel to see that video. So chalye, let's dive in with Robin. Thanks for coming and being a part of the podcast today, Robin. Hey, thank you for having me, Jessica, and thanks for accommodating me. <laughs> no issue. No issue. Love it. So, hey, you are a cultural mover and shaker and somebody who is going against the grain, somebody who cares deeply about preserving the Indian legacy of environmental awareness, connection with nature, and, of course, nonviolence, uh, ahimsa. You're somebody that I think people would really love to hear from, and um, uh, you have a lot to share with us, so I can't wait to dive in with you today. I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So before we talk about People Farm, I wanted to ask you just a little bit about your personal journey. You are also a U.S. returnee, just like my husband, Abhishek. Um. You know, Abhishek uh, was in the U.S. for 10 years and really felt like the tug to come back to India and really wanting to do something that was long-lasting and meaningful. You know, I think he had that 
feeling of people here in my, in my job in the U.S. are lining up uh, for this job. And anybody could do this. But what I could do in India, I just I don't see anyone else lining up for. <laughs> and I just wanted to hear, like, what was your process of, of considering moving back to India? And what was that like emotionally like for you? Uh, similar. Uh, I just came at it in a very roundabout way. So I was running my own tech company in the U.S., and, you know, I, I didn't want to make it a billion dollar company. I just wanted to get to a point where it can run by itself and I didn't have to work anymore because that was my dream to not have to work anymore ever. And when I realized it, I, you know, I wasn't happy. So I could do anything I wanted and I didn't even have to work for it, but it didn't make me happy. And I started looking into that, you know, even when I have checked all the boxes and I'm living in a nice neighborhood, I have a nice lifestyle, I play Xbox all day, I go for walks, I travel, <laughs> wow, I'm not happy. And I think oh, what I realized was that everything comes at a cost. So everything, mm. like my happiness, like my attempt at happiness was largely based on consumption. Like, you know, travel is also a form of consumption. Mm. So I was just consuming to fill this void that we are born with, the human condition. And that would have been okay if I was doing this in a vacuum. But unfortunately, all consumption has a suffering footprint, as in for anything to be consumed, it has to be produced. And in that process of production, if you look closely, a lot of people and animals suffer. Mm. So then I was like, okay, I need to reduce my consumption. And I started reducing my consumption, leaving out, you know, leaving out, like cutting out unnecessary things. I mean, mm. I was already vegan. I stopped eating meat, eggs, dairy. I stopped buying new clothes. I stopped traveling. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. But then there was this realization, sure, okay, you know, like now I'm a better consumer. I'm a conscious consumer, but I had to eat something to live. <laughs> and even that food was coming at a cost to others. So what am I doing with this life? Because it's not just mine. If others have to suffer for me to live, then it's just not my life. I'm mm. more of a guardian of this time. Yes. So that realization uh, eventually led me on a path that, concluded in people farm. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is such a, um, a subversive or like countercultural way of thinking, especially for, you know, someone um, like who's grown up in India. I feel the whole trajectory now is going from this kind of, you know, simple, simple lifestyle to a more fast paced, like as much as we can consume now we want to because we can. And, um, you know, like this happened in, in some westernized countries you know, 50, 75 years ago with the Industrial Revolution. And like India skipped the Industrial Revolution and went right to the Digital Revolution. <laughs> so we have like I feel like it's hyperspeed. People are just, you know, getting so excited about like how many times in this can we in a week can we go to the cinema hall and <laughs> can we go out for food? Yeah. Um, so like, how did this like rise up in you? This kind of like totally countercultural thinking. Is this something your parents encouraged, or was this something totally from outside? It's it's hard to say. See, my mom and dad they come from a very 
they come from very different backgrounds so my mom comes from this family of freedom fighters her brother wow. was a freedom fighter acha and my dad comes from a very business family they're very very logical very calculative and i think both of those things had an influence on me so growing up of course we had like you know we didn't just have photos of uh, guru nanak and vivekanand or buddh it was also like you know okay these are great people this is what successful is so well, yeah. that was my mom hmm and with my from my dad like you know i acquired being logical so what i did i mean it might seem very magnanimous or altruistic but for me i just don't have another choice because you know once i got to a level of success which i wanted to achieve i mean what what is my option because i can just push the goal post i mean you know one is like a celebrity style you know sex drugs sure. rock and roll ultimately sure. ending up in suicide or scientology the other option is <laughs> to like you know give myself a bigger target okay you make a million dollar company now you make a 100 million dollar company and then either you will achieve the target in which case you're like okay back to square one now what do i do or you give yourself another goal post so i mean that that template of life just doesn't make sense so that was my you know dad's genes telling me well logically this don't make sense mm. Mm-hmm. and then the alternative came from my mom's side i mean you know let's try out service that's the does that make sense yeah so for those sure those kind of controls for sure so the, i'm going to ask the typical indian question like mummy papa ne kya kaha aapke bare mein like jab aapne us ko chhod ke wapas aaye to log kya kahenge like did they have that reaction about about your career transition or was it not that way at all then no not really because you know like i i wasn't a good student so when i reached us uh well that was it for for my dad you know he was off my back okay because that's the indian dream you know the ah, american dreams cool. to have like a white picket fence and what what not and indian ah. dreams to get to us so ye to ye to that's right <laughs> Uh, and you know i was never cut out for it i i i ended up in us because of a spelling mistake in an email anyway so when i got there my dad was off my back and then when i came back he had passed away and my mom for for my mom you know it was a very sensible choice although we don't personally get along well she agrees with my philosophy hmm. for sure hmm acha so man it's been such a you know like 180 for you and although it seems like this was these things were brewing inside you for a long time yeah just on a personal note you are in uh, bihar there has to be a story i mean i, I heard yeah, your yeah. first podcast i i think i totally missed that bit that <laughs> has to have its own set of challenges it really it. does yeah it does for sure i mean you know like where we're at you know it doesn't have the large city feel at all it doesn't have the metropolitan feel at all um we actually gaon actually yahan thoda sa gaon jaise lagte hain par city mein city ke andar gaon hai so uh bet, yeah, yeah. So you find a lot of people that have a very like village mentality but who have a lot of money. So that's a very interesting combination. Dangerous combination. <laughs> it really it it can be a very dangerous combination. So yeah, I don't know. You see like bahut log ke paas kala dhan hai, bahut log bada bada ghar kharidte hain, bahut log matlab apne maid or servant ko bahut kharab tarike mein treat karte hain like people you know have just bring people from the village and there's like so much sad 
stuff happening. But yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of good stuff happening too. There really is. There's great, I think people have really good values here. People have good um, ideas about education, you know, you know, people are really family focused and people will take that. That's a very good value that I do see. People here know how to survive hardship. That is one thing you see. I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, this lockdown, it's like, you know, people are like hardy and they're prepared and they're not pampered and that is a beautiful thing to witness really so i really like that about living here um yeah and i mean my husband you know we abhishek he had this a very similar kind of uh feeling, you know, like I wanted, I have something in my heart, what I really want to do. I mean, I, he's very gifted in, in explaining complicated ideas to people in a very simple way. Grew up in various different parts of Bihar. So he has a very good understanding of, of different uh, languages here and different like linguistic styles, different communication styles. And um, so he really wanted to get involved in development work here. And we had some connections here and they had actually been inviting us for several years. Like, you know, why don't you guys come work with us? And as we had visited family several times and met, met up with these folks who were doing work here and uh, we're like, ah, okay, you know, man, do we really want to move back to Bihar? Like, and the answer eventually was yes. My story is that I was living in India when I was uh, in my early 20s. And I had learned Hindi at that time. I was working in an IT company. And um, so I really fell in love with India. And then I later fell in love with Abhishek. And then I was like, yeah, if you want to go back to your place, I'm game. And he's like, are you really, though? I'm like, yeah, well, let's think about it. Let me expose. I want you to get some more exposure to uh, Bihar and, um, you know, UP and Bihar side. And, and then we'll make the decision. So. Eventually, I decided in one of the visits, um, I said, okay, well, I'm going to go by myself for the first 10 days um, with our son. So I came by myself with our nine-month-old son, and I came and I stayed with my in-laws during that time. And I was like, like, if I can survive without Abhishek holding my hand every day, then I can do this. So that was kind of like my test. And I don't know if I passed, but at least I felt <laughs> that I wanted, that I was willing to do it. <laughs> so. And you're there. You're there. I'm charged with yeah. Oh, man. That's a, and, and Abhishek's working with the communities there. So he's yes. pursuing that dream. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes the dream is, you know, a struggle, right? Like, like you you're, as well. Like, man, like how, oh, man, how, how can we... Oh, man, am I wasting my life away or, you know, like this is not getting anywhere or man, this is program is not going well. But sometimes, sometimes you just have to keep the big picture in line and in your mind. And that's kind of what we do too. I mean, basically, like, you know, you, you move from U.S. to India, you learn Hindi, you live in Bihar, you are you're managing kids, you start your own podcast, you're working. I mean, I think it's a, it's a very... <laughs> inspiring story because there's a lot of people saying oh but what can we do oh but what can we do there's a lot of hand wringing 
So this could be just it's like you know, hey, if she can do it without even knowing the language, comes here, learns the language, manages right. kids, does that, you can do it too, man. Well, I did learn the language a way before I had kids, so that was helpful. I was single definitely when I when I was moved here the first time, so that helped. But thank you. So let's talk a little bit about People Farm. I mean, people can always check your YouTube, I mean, your, your social media, your website to find more out, and I definitely encourage everyone to do that. But tell us, you know, what's a typical day at People Farm like for you personally? I, I am more in, like, you know, like now I work less with hands and I manage more things because we yeah. just have so many different types of projects. We, I mean, we, of course, have the clinic, then we have the products, which funds the rescues and then we have a media team which does storytelling and nudges people we also have a farm stay which is right now it's shut we have an organic farm so my day is mostly just checking in with everyone and making sure things are being done so that's that's my day mm-hmm. just and I'm, I'm doing a lot of communication because i'm big time into community building so i'm just yeah. connecting with people all over india pretty much every day and bringing more and more people on because we want to build this into a movement and it shouldn't just be one project. Right. So that's my day. But in, the day starts at 7.30 and that's when we are, that's when we start feeding all the animals. So the dogs get fed, the goat, the sheep, the mule, all the cows, they get fed at 7.30. And then we have breakfast for all the people. Like, so all the employees who are not from this village, they all eat here on the premises. And then the workday starts around 9, 9.15. And that's from 9 to 1, that's our busiest shift. The product team's hauling ass. I mean, they're making products, they're shipping products. And then the clinic guys are going through all the treatments and taking in any rescue calls that are coming in. And if there's a rescue within an 8-kilometer radius, then they dispatch the rescue vehicle. At the same time, the kitchen guys are preparing for the lunch. So I, I start my day, I coordinate with media guys and we're like, okay, what's the game plan for the day? We usually have a game plan for the week, but you know, ju- we, we just touch base, just see, okay, any new animal has come in. We need to prioritize uh, shooting that animal on the camera, just to be very clear. And uh, <laughs> so, on, on, and the farm guys, it's like, you know, again, that depends on the weather. Okay, are we starting with the greenhouse? Because now we have a greenhouse where we are going growing tomatoes. So the most of the produce we are producing here is for personal consumption, the herbs are sold. So then I touch base with my main man for the farm. What are we doing? And then there's always, we are constructing since we started. So there is all the infrastructure projects, okay, which are, which contractors showing up? What's the game plan for the day? And my main man there is Sanjay. I am mostly just checking in. So the first half, I am either talking with people or on phone. Second half, is when things slow down, the products mm-hmm. guys leave, the kitchen guys have already uh, you know, cooked uh, lunch and dinner, the media team already knows what they're doing, the farm guys are spending most of the time, they're going to cut grass for the cows or they're going to weed, which again, the weeds, you know, again, mm-hmm. uh, the jungly plants, <laughs> they uh-huh. go to the cows. Uh, and then I spend my second day on, uh, like the so second half of the day, just communication on communication. I'm connecting with a lot of people because we're trying to build people farm into a movement. Yeah. So that's 
roughly what the day looks like. And we've recently done a video about this, which is on our Facebook. Awesome. So, so that's really the goal, right? Is to, is to, is to take this idea and, and, and spread it not only across India, but around the region, around the world. And so how do you, how do you feel like people in mainstream India are responding to these ideas and to, you know, radical, like, care for the environment, for um, creatures around us that share our space? And like, how are people responding to these ideas? So for the initial few years, it was really gradual. So because, you know, People Farm started with the intention of not only just helping animals, but also helping change human behavior. And, you know, the location, we had already selected our location that we want to do this in India. Although we are connecting with people from all over the world, our focus is India. We were changing people with our strategy, Involve and Inspire. And we were, you know, there were 100, 150 people passing through every year and they were definitely changing. They were interacting with the cows. They were interacting with dogs at the same time. And they were like, oh, cows we eat, dogs we don't eat. They, they, <laughs> even they, when they realized that mismatch, their behaviors shifted. So this was slow. And, you know, we, we were satisfied with the direction, but not, again, with the magnitude of our solution. Recently, our storytelling, uh, we started doing storytelling in Hindi. That's when it exploded Mm. because we were able to connect to real India because I Uh. think we, when I say we, I'm saying I had uh, a blind spot because I've been communicating in English and I've been communicating with like very select uh, audiences because then when you're talking in English, you're mostly talking to urban India. I'm not saying rural India doesn't speak English, but it's just not, there's not the same level of comfort and comprehension. So when we started talking in Hindi, people responded and we were able to connect and there was a dialogue and we have a page of feedback where we like, you know, plug in all the comments we get and we are, we are getting, we're getting hundreds of comments of people saying places that you've not even heard of in India. And they're saying, I'm going to, try to go vegan. I mean, they're saying, I'm vegan to go vegan. I'm going to to go vegan. I'm going to to keep running in a way where that engagement continues for at least a century to come. Hmm. So that's the vision is to involve the, as many people as possible. But now it's like taking it from people that were already kind of convinced to now like people that are local and have maybe heard about becoming vegan for the first time. Or this is not something that's really like a popular movement in India, but we're, we're you know, making it into a movement, which is fantastic. It's broader than that. I mean, you know, if, if, yeah. uh, because when people were coming here to volunteer, they cared about mostly about, you know, they cared about dogs sure. or they cared about organic farming. And then they came and then they understood vegetarianism, they understood veganism, and that was good. But now our audience is people who care, period. I mean, you know, so they could, mm. they, could prob- they probably care about cows and they are gorakshaks, but they haven't thought about veganism. They right. haven't thought about helping dogs. They haven't thought about not eating meat, but now they are thinking about it. We are not preaching. We are just telling them what they already know, but in, in, in terminology that they understand, not just like, not just uh, the linguistic, mm. not just the vocabulary, mm. but 
the emotional language is the same. Bilkul. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. So um, how do people find out about you? Like where can people find out about People Farm? We are most active on Facebook. So that's where uh, our video content primarily goes out. It also goes out on YouTube, but we don't have a huge following there. It's, it's creeping up. If people like, people like what they see on Facebook, then there's our website, which explains what we do, why we do it, how we started, and how can they join us. So you also have the website uh, as well, and you have those channels. If you guys want to learn more about Robin, what they're doing at People Farm, you all can check it out, peoplefarm.org. Go ahead and check it out. Check them out on Instagram, on Facebook, and YouTube. And make a visit whenever things open up, right? Like, I mean, we don't know when it's going to open up, but make a visit to People Farm. I know I want to. I know my kids want to. Um, we, <laughs> we live in an apartment here in uh, Bihar. And, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of green space. We don't have a lot of interaction. I mean, we do have a lot of interaction with wildlife, domesticated animals, I guess you could say, because we have a lot of cows, gai, bhais, bakri, sab chalte hamare ghar ke paas, ghoda. To mere bache sara din kid ke paas baat ke dekhte rehte hain. But we really wanted to, like, get closer. That's something we always want and desire and we just bought some uh you know little baby chicks we're gonna take care of in our house so hopefully my kids can like you know have a greater compassion and have have pets in the house and uh something we can take care of (laughs) yeah which i've had to like you know be careful to i had to move the chicks away far away from this part of the house because otherwise in the recording you just hear them the whole time so But yeah, so thanks, Robin, so much for coming on. And um, for our listeners, go ahead and check out. We also just are going to do a YouTube section on uh, what's the difference between being vegetarian, vegan, and how um, that can make a huge difference in not only your life, but in in the lives of, of other people. So, And for all of us on planet Earth. So be sure to check out that video as well. Yeah, thanks so much, Robin, for coming on. Thank you, Jessica, for giving me this opportunity. For sure. The music for the Invisible India podcast is performed by Christopher Halen Sitar and Ed Hanley on Tabla on Rag Bhim Palasi. Today's episode is sponsored by OCM. Back to school is coming. Whether you're going back in the fall or still unsure of what campus will look like, OCM has everything college students need to create a space that feels like home. OCM works with your university to provide solutions that fit your space and are campus approved, from bedding to bathroom essentials to wall decor. OCM has exactly what you need for your dorm or on-campus apartment. Take 20% off using code OCM20. That's code OCM20 for 20% off the entire Campus Life collection. Check it out at OCM.com.